Welcome back to the Between the Dream podcast. I am your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Listen, if you are new, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever app you're listening on, Google Play, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, or the Anchor app. For those of you all that have been here before, welcome back, family. It's good to have you with me. Listen, we're going to take a, a, a different change and a different approach today. Um, I know we've talked a lot about some more external things um, over the last few episodes. Today, I want to go a little deeper. Today, we're going to talk about some ways, specifically about eight ways that you can overcome depression and become successful in life. And when I say successful in life, I know that we all have a different idea on what success looks like. But in this particular uh, space, I am referring to success when it comes to being able to live a happy, healthy, and productive life. Now, before you, you, you log out on me, you might feel like, Richard, I'm not dealing with depression. That's fine. However, we all have a mental health, right? Now, before you, 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 you cast me with stones and, and yell at me, just, just hear me out. Doesn't mean that we all have mental health issues, but we all have a mental health. The same way that we all have a physical health, we have a mental health that we have to take care of. And, and a lot like our physical health, when we don't take the time to invest into that physical health, Sometimes our health starts to deteriorate, right? We, we go from, from okay to worse to bad or whatever the case might be. You, your blood pressure changes, your cholesterol levels change because you haven't taken care of your physical body. But when we talk about our mental and emotional health, it is the exact same way. So just because you have a mental health doesn't mean you have mental health issues. But what I will say is if you're not careful in taking care of your mental health and investing into it properly, Guys, it is very easy as humans, right, because we're not perfect. We are normal, everyday beings who can be susceptible to different things depending on the situation. If we aren't careful, we can find ourselves falling into the trap of mental and emotional issues. So I want to use this as a space today to encourage and empower when we talk about dealing with depression. Now, look, Richard, what gives you the right to talk about this? Are you a therapist? Are you a Ph.D.? I am, actually. Um, I am a PhD when it comes to my own experience and being able to overcome depression, suicide, anxiety. Um, Man, listen, for those of you all who have been following me any length of time, you've known a little bit about my story. Um, Dealt with depression and constant suicide attempts from the age of 10 to 20. Um, And during that time, just how it, 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 it spiraled my life out of control. Um, and, and of course being able to overcome that after a period of time. And now in a space where I do a lot of work helping others who are in that same predicament, right. And helping them to overcome. Right. So, um, one of the things that I will say is that I think that experience and education both play a great part. So for those of you all that are tuning in who might find yourself with the story, right. Maybe you have the experience or maybe you have actually been formally educated, Um, from a school standpoint or from a study standpoint on uh, mental health, there is a space for both of us to be able to align and to work together and help. And I think this is so important because a lot of times there's a lot of tick for tack. And I'll probably go over this deeper in another uh, episode. But I want to focus right now our attention, attention on overcoming depression and becoming successful in life when it comes to living a happy, healthy, healthy and whole life. So I'm going to give you 
eight different things that I think are important. And we're going to break each one of these down. The first is, is a circle check, right? So when I say circle check, Richard, what do you mean? Um, man, your circle, who do you have around you? What friends are in the space, right? You've got to be able to check your circle, check your friends, and make sure that you are around some individuals who can be supportive, but I think even before being supportive, being understanding, right? Um, not everybody, come on, and we know this because we live in a world with a bunch of different ideas and a bunch of different mentalities. Not everybody looks at mental health the same way. Some people don't have the same kind of empathy um, when it comes to understanding how or why someone could fall into the space of depression in the first place, right? Um, or why people would even attempt suicide. Like, and I get that. However, you want to make sure that you have friends around who won't be judgmental. Now, I'm not saying that you don't want folks in your circle who won't check you and correct you when you need it, because you do. We all need that. However, it, look, I, I talked about discernment um, in the last episode, right? And I think one of the biggest places um, and most important areas that we have to, to, to exercise discernment in is in the friends that we choose how does your circle look right and when you can have a prosperous circle of friends who are understanding who will take the time to to get to know and they won't have all the answers right i don't want you to be dependent on them however i do want you to understand that there is a power that lies within having some great friends around to help you through this process Guys, and when you can circle check and when you can get the right folks around, I think what you've got to be able to do is reach out and stay connected to those supportive people. Many times when we go through the depression, many times when we're dealing with our own mental and emotional battles, it's very easy for us to start shutting down and closing people out of our lives, right? I, I want us to be able to break this mold and this notion, though, of, of, of just the cutoff, Right. Everybody can't be cut off. Now, I get it. Sometimes we need our space. However, we've got to find a good balance in being able to have space, but then also pushing ourselves to be out and be around people who support us, who love us. Because a lot of times when we go through those slumps, right, when we aren't at our best mentally or emotionally, when we feel down, when depression starts to kick and settle in, it's very easy to want to pull away and not be around people. Guys, so I, I'm really, look, I encourage you to, to stay connected and you've got to challenge yourself to be able to move past the notion and the idea that I don't want to, right? You've got, look, if, if, you, if you have any care or concern for getting better, guys, there's a part of you that has to make the choice to challenge you in certain areas. And one of those areas is moving past how you feel sometimes and doing things outside of the norm, right? We talked about comfortable, uh, comfortable spaces the other day, and this is a part of it. You've got to be able to move past the norm. You know, my second point for you is being able to challenge your negative thinking. Now, this is going to be a little deeper, a little harder, right? For me, um, as I was in recovery, after my final suicide attempt on, in January of 2008, um, one of the biggest struggles that I had was overcoming my negative thinking because it had been embedded in me for so long. 
I saw the worst parts of myself for so long. I had a mental playback of every negative thing that had ever been said to me, whether by friends or family or people that I knew, old friends, whatever it might have been. I had this playback of all of the things that it said, things that uh, my exes had said, right? Uh, every every relationship that went bad and, and, and you find different things out about yourself or what other people deem about you, right? Uh, many of us, we go through different um, trials and tribulations like this where we have for so long been used to seeing trauma. We've been used to seeing destruction. We've been used to hearing negativity. And because of that, the one thing that sticks in our mind more than anything else is negative thinking, right? And so we have got to get to a point where we start to challenge our negative thoughts. Richard, how did you do it? Well, I'll take you through it. So for me, I didn't see the beauty in myself, guys. Now, I was living on my own. I had a double room as a single in the dormitory I was staying in during this time in college. And I had a mirror that sat on the door um, that you enter the room in. And on that in that mirror, I would look at myself every day and I started just I don't know what it was that put me to this point. Honestly, I can't remember. I'm not sure if it was something from one of the therapy sessions that I had with my uh, psychologist. I don't know what it was. But I started looking in the mirror and I would say something positive about myself every day. And it wasn't just saying random positive things. I was actually saying things that were challenging the exact and the very thing that had pulled me into some of my most depressive states. Um, Interestingly enough, when I first started doing this, I didn't always believe what I was saying. But guys, when I tell you that there is such a power in your words, there's such a power in you being able to speak life. There's such a power in you being able to say certain things where you might not believe it at first. However, over time, it's amazing for me as I kept saying things over time, as I kept telling myself that even at 370 pounds, I am still beautiful after even telling myself that I am lovable, even in moments where I didn't feel like I was lovable, one of the things that I noticed was that as I kept saying certain things, there was a shift that took place mentally because I finally got to a point where I wanted to test and challenge what it was I was saying. But not only what it was I was saying, I wanted to mentally and emotionally take some time to test and challenge the very thing I was speaking against. Why was I um, in a space where I always felt like I was unlovable? Why didn't I feel like I was beautiful, whether physically or, you know, internally? And as I started to really dissect and break those things down, one of the things that I found out was that a lot of the negative thoughts came from situations that were either one out of my control, two mistakes that could be made better, or three, the mouth of someone who did not know how to appreciate me, right? And how many of us, come on, let's take this back to you all. How many of us find ourselves in that place where we are so consumed by things that people have said, by things that have been out of our control, or simply by things 
that were lies. So in my third book, Love Between My Scars, I have a chapter in there that actually talks about the the whole overcoming piece. And it had to do with a lot of the fact um, the fact that a lot of what excuse me. <clears throat> the fact that a lot of what I was seeing and believing were lies in the first place. A lot of what I was going through, they were lies. Um, whether whether something said by somebody else negatively or whether it was a thought that I had of myself, I allowed times of criticism and, 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 and constructive criticism could easily turn into you hopping into your feelings, right? And then you allow the, the mental and emotional breakdown to begin. And now negative thoughts seem to be looming, right? Guys, it's important to challenge your negative thinking, right? Um, you've got to be able to pinpoint the lie in the negativity. How do you challenge and overcome negative thinking? Start spotting the lie. Start calling it out for what it is. And then you've got to seek truth when it comes to your identity and who you really are. We're going to switch up real quick. And as we go into the next two points, um, there are some actual dietary things that you can do when it comes to actually combating depression that works well for the brain. Um, The consumption of omega-3 fatty acids. um, And it's funny here on my notes, when I wrote this, I said, hashtag, get you some fish, right? But one of the things that you will find with omega-3 fatty acids, get you some fish, one of the things you will find with omega-3 fatty acids is that they are mood boosters, right? They literally shift and alter the the mood that you're in, right? It works. It's it's a brain functioning food, right? Same thing with a few berries is my next point, right? You have um, blueberries, blackberries, uh, cherries, right? Um, Strawberries. When we talk about berries, berries are really good for you too when it comes to one, boosting your mood. And it's amazing because berries work in, in so many different facets of, of the body, not just when it comes to your mood, but berries are actually also really good when it comes to, you know, as you get older and grow, when it comes to your memory, um, it actually helps when it comes to um, the brain function and being able to um, prolong your memory for an extended period of time. Guys, for those of you all who need it, and I think we all do, we got to get sunlight in our system. Now, I'm saying this from the some somewhat overcasted skies of Seattle for most days, um, at least right now in the winter, right? But vitamin D, um, vitamin D3, right, is so important. Vitamin D in general, right? Melatonin. Um, these are essential when it comes to your mood, right? These are some things. Look, now I told you I'm in Seattle now, right? I'm living out here. I'm working with a lot of people on the in the in the field of mental health. And whether it's a client or whether it's even some of the people in the workforce, I am literally around individuals who are struggling, right? And and, and a lot of it has to do with this weather, right? It's gray skies and that gray skies hops into the gray emotions and the gray mentality of so many people. And when that happens, man, like it's just a it's a space where we feel like we can't function. Um, And so I think it's important that we find what we need. Right. So even if you're in a space where you lack sunlight, right, there are vitamins you can take, get you some vitamin D3. You can also get um, melatonin. 
Um, and like I said, too, the food that you eat actually plays a huge part in the function of your brain. Right. People always say eat the earth. Right. But no, it really is. It's true. Like it's amazing that some of the greatest healing properties comes from the natural fruits and vegetables that are around us on a day to day basis. So um, we will go into a what the health segment um, later on uh, in, in another episode. However, I do want to put this out there as a point when it comes to what you're eating. Right. Um, look, my fifth point for you all, your thoughts and your feelings, you've got to be able to write them out. And this is very important. Right. You hear a lot of people talk about writing being therapeutic. Um, but I truly do believe that when we can write what it is we're feeling, when we can write what it is we're going through, um, and when we can just write out those thoughts, we actually, uh, it's not just to think of you getting it out on paper, guys, but now you can actually start to look over the very thoughts and feelings that you have. And, and, and going back to my second point of challenging negative thinking, you now have a, a I'll say you have a blueprint to better challenge your negative thinking. When you can write out your thoughts and your feelings, because we're talking about overcoming depression, right? So a lot of times with what we're right in overcoming depression, we are literally writing out what we feel in the moments and spaces of depression. So with that being the case, you writing it out now helps you to have a reflection and to truly look and dive into the negative thoughts that you have, these negative feelings, and it will help you to start making some necessary changes. This will help you to spot the lie. This will help you to start trying, look, diving deeper into your truth of who you are and what your identity truly is, right? So I really look, and, and this isn't coming from Richard as a, a writer per se, this is coming from Richard as a person who's had to take this on and do it himself. And I've talked to countless others who've done the same thing. Writing can be very therapeutic. Now, I'm not saying you've got to write and sound good in your writing. Just truly meet yourself where you are and write whatever it is you're feeling in that moment. Right. And now you have a, a playback of what you were feeling on this day. And the next day and the day after or that moment. Right. Because some of us, we got to be real. Right. We can't take it day by day. Some of us have different feelings, look, in a 24-hour span. So some of you all need to take it hour by hour or minute by minute. Some of you all are like, look, bro, I need every 10 seconds because something else happens or my mood shifts, right? But whatever you're feeling in the time frame that you're feeling it, I think it's important to write it down. And then you can start comparing these things, right? You can start spotting the lies. You can start really pulling out the truths. And then you can start to challenge what is negative and really starting to seek something different for yourself. My sixth point. Here we go. You've got to get active, man. Move around. You have to exercise. When I tell you that one of the biggest things for me, and so it was interesting because for me in losing 170 pounds for so long, I thought that I was just shedding physical weight. I literally thought that losing this weight I'm just trying to get my Dwayne Johnson body, baby. Look, if you squint real hard from 200 yards out, you're going to be like, is Richard the Rock? Maybe not. But what I, that was my mindset, though. Like, I just want to, I want to look like the Rock. I want to be, I want my suits to fit like how Michael Strahan's does when he's on GMA, right? Like, this is my thought process, right? And, and while, when I first started losing weight, I was in a vain way of thinking. 
One of the things that I didn't realize that as a weight was shedding was that my mindset was changing because there was literally a mental and emotional shedding taking place as well. And that's because I was getting active. That's because I was actually moving around. I wasn't being a couch potato. I wasn't just eating my feelings away and then sitting around and not doing anything like I had to change up um, the narrative for my life when it came to what investments I made on the physical side, because how we do physically really does help the function of the brain and the body internally. And so I really want to encourage you all. Look, now, I'm not saying you got to go out here, hit the gym and and become Michael B. Jordan or you got to become The Rock or you got to look like you getting ready to be casted for Hollywood's next big movie. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that when you can take some time, even 30 minutes a day to really start putting yourself into a regimen where you are moving. Look, if you want to get more intensive with it as the days and the weeks ahead come, that's fine. But right now, all I'm saying is get out and move exercise, right? Get you some good stretching in. Take some time to 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 put your body in a in a place where it has to work, right? More than just the norm. You've got to push yourself um on the physical side. My seventh point for you all, you got to find your muse. <laughs> this is fun. You got to find your muse. Even when you don't feel like it, you have got to not only find your muse, but you've got to invest into it. And when I say your muse, I'm talking about that thing that you really love. So one of the things that always helps clear my heads are long, not walks on the beach, but long drives, right? I love to drive. Um, I'm like Dora the Explorer. Whenever I'm in a new space, I feel like I can always find something. And so for me, man, look, when I was living in Chicago, we have a beautiful area called the North Shore. It's about eight different cities off the coast. Well, it's more than eight cities, but the ones off the coast of Lake Michigan, um, beautiful homes. I love architecture. So for me, I would find myself either taking drives or taking walks through the neighborhood. For whatever reason, it, up, it just lifted my spirit up. It lifted my spirit up. And I, I found this to be a, a place of peace. I'm also a water baby. So anything by water was easy for me because it was serene. It was peaceful. I felt very calm. That was my muse, right? For each of us, we all have different muses, right? We all have something that speaks to us, that can be helpful for what we need, that can be so meaningful for our progression as we are trying to overcome depression. And one of the best ways to overcome depression is by keeping yourself in atmospheres that lift your spirits, right? Guys, right? Darkness can't drive out darkness, but light can. And when you can keep yourself around lighthearted things, when you can keep yourself around positive things, you what you literally do is, is you're starting to, to create this shift in balance when it comes to the negativity being the thing that is looming over you and the depression, right? Um, that is keeping you uh, uh, just boggled, right? Um, and finding that muse is so important. So I don't know what that is for you, but I would also encourage you, and this is kind of like a, I guess we can call this a, a, a sub point, but in finding a muse, I want to encourage you all to make sure that you're finding a productive muse. It's very easy to find something that makes us feel good, but that ain't good for us. And I know I kind of went slang on you there, but I'm going to just keep it 100. You can't find things that ain't good for you, right? You cannot 
overcome depression. You cannot overcome anxiety. You cannot overcome suicidal thoughts by being around the same thing, even though it's masked differently. And it, it look, it's wearing a different face right now. You won't be able to find healing to overcome if you are around things that will eventually, one, become an addiction, two, become something of turmoil, or three, partaking in things that will lead to trauma, whether for you or those around you. Guys, so you've got to be very selective when it comes to what you deem appropriate as a uh, 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 an investment that will help you to ultimately become better, right? Guys, I said I said I had eight points. I think I might have nine. As I go into number eight, this is, I think this is probably one of the most important points. So when I gave you the first point, I talked about circle checking, right? Beyond circle checking, because it, it this next point might not necessarily always have to do with people. This can take place when it comes to expectations. This can also take place when it comes to certain environments. As we move forward, take a small sip of my tea. <clears throat> um, as we move forward, this next one is probably going to be the most important one. In order to challenge negative thinking, in order for you to have a good circle, in order for you to do all of these other things, you have to start eradicating yourself, removing yourself from toxic spaces. You have got to be able to get away from negative people. You have got to be able to get away from toxic individuals. Look, and, and this is the thing. Not every person, situation, or expectation will look negative, right? Let's get that clear. A lot of times when we fall into traps, we're not like some of us blindly fall into traps, yes. But a lot of times negativity is coated and covered in something that looks so good, right? And so one of the things that I need for you all to do is to start identifying the toxic areas, the toxic people, and some of the toxic thoughts and expectations that you might be holding, right? And you've got to be able to cut the cord with those things. If you cannot cut the cord with toxic ways of living, everything else that I gave you in this podcast, it won't work. It, 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 you, you might see some type of productivity, but you're not going to see a full range of transformation and healing because of the fact that every everything is going to flow around what that center is. And if that center is toxic, right, if that central area is toxicity, guys, look, you got another thing coming. So you've got to be able to start breaking free from toxic spaces. Right. I gave you the what, but I'm sure you're wondering with the how. Richard, how do I break away from toxic spaces? How do I break away from toxic people? The biggest way to break away from anything toxic that might not have to do with you, but that you are connected to is to find your identity. And as you find your identity in who you are, one of the biggest things that happens in that part is that you start to put a value on your worth and not just any kind of value. You put the proper and positive value on your work. You eradicate toxic people and situations when you start to have an understanding of what deserves your time, what deserves your present, and what deserves your mental and your emotional investment. 
Many times we don't think of it like this, though. Many times we're not looking at it from a standpoint of, oh, this person deserves to be around me. This thing deserves to be. We don't. Like I said, a lot of times because of what we go through, because of what we experience, we start to make investments into whatever it is because we've been so desperate and longing something to fill the void for so long. But when we talk about being able to get out of negative spaces, your identity will help you to understand that you don't have to run to nonsense to fill the void. And I want to leave you all with that today. How do you start cutting off negative people and toxic situations? How do you start cutting off all of the toxic nonsense, the drama? Guys, you do it by having an, a true understanding of who you are. And not allowing that to be wavered. You cannot negotiate your self-worth. You cannot negotiate who you are and who you are becoming for the sake of something that only wants to pull you back from where you're going in the first place. And then finally, man, look, we've got to be able to be mindful, right? And I think that the whole conversation of identity kind of covers that. One of the things that helped me a lot was prayer, right? Um, man, just being in a space of, of prayer and, and I think with my faith, just being able to, to, to have that time to just cry out, I could, I could literally get my thoughts and feelings out. And, and in that, whether I was crying or angry or frustrated, I was able to speak. And in my belief, I felt like God hears me. God hears me. He's going to respond. He's going to answer. He's going to give me everything that I need. Right. Um, as I, I did a lot of work back in Chicago with um, young men who had behavioral issues, I was working for a, um, a company contracted through them at the time, um, just doing uh, some, it, some, some like very hardcore mentoring work. But a lot of these young men had IEPs. They had um, a lot of anger issues. A lot of them were dealing with depression. And so one of the, the best practices that worked in those spaces were breathing exercises, right? Um, being able to just, it, it's something about, I mean, we take for granted, I think, some of the very small and key things that we have in life, right? Like being able to breathe, right? Just in, in what breathing and in, in a calm state of breathing, not I'm mad or I'm, because that's the thing, like I remember as a kid, you know, you ever just, you ever, you ever had the moments where you see the Arthur meme with his fist balled up? I really feel like if you looked at that Arthur meme and then if you look and they, the camera goes up to see the face after you see that ball fish, you're going to see somebody huffing and puffing, holding their breath. Like that's what I, I envision at least. And that's a lot of times what happens when we talk about dealing with anger and dealing with, with a lot of our feelings. Like we get so stressed out and so frustrated that we're not breathing properly anymore. We're not taking the time to just allow our lungs to function, right? So in, in, I think in being mindful, one of the biggest things that we can do, right? We pray, we take time to just breathe, like literally, right? Richard, just, just breathe, that's it? Just a breath is going to help me? Yeah, because what happens when you start breathing, right? You, you literally put yourself in a space where you are calming down first and foremost, Secondly, as you are calming down, you're not acting out irrationally, right? You are not allowing your emotions to get the best of you. 
and doing things out of character. You are taking your time. And as you're taking your time, you are now in a space where you can start to think clearly and make a decision for the long term rather than the short term. Guys, once again, I'm going to go through these. Here we go. Circle check. You got to make sure you have the right friends around you, right? Challenging negative thinking. What you eat gets you some fish. He needs some milk. Sorry. Um, get you some fish. Omega-3 fatty acids, right? Fish. Get, get, get. And the cool part is if you don't like fish, you can actually just do like the omega-3 um, pills. They have like an orange flavored omega-3 now. Like there are so many ways you can get it, but it, it boosts your mood. I mean, it boosts your mood. Look at that. It, no, I said that right. It boosts your mood. Okay, yeah, yeah, I did that right. Sunlight and vitamin D3, melatonin, so important, so important. Um, write out your thoughts and your feelings, right? Make sure that you are getting active. Start exercising. Move around. Find that muse. What is it that helps you to just fully just let go of all your thoughts and your cares and cast them down, right? And then finally, be mindful. Pray. Practice on that breathing. Take some time just to just, just to be just to be right, not trying to curate your own thoughts for the moment and, and 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 thinking about all the nonsense that's going on, but just taking some time to just truly breathe and and to man just to seek out whatever it is you need in prayer, ladies and gentlemen. You are not losing in life. You are not failing. You are simply between the dream. What is between the dream? It's not just the name of this podcast. It's not just the name of a few of my books and the subtitles. Between the dream is a way of life. Between the dream is the point between your present moment and your promise, which I like to call the process. Between the dream is the process. When you embrace your process, you embrace your progress. And when you embrace your progress, you can walk into every promise, every purpose, and every plan meant for your life, which is what you are called and created to do. Don't let anybody tell you anything differently. You were meant to thrive. You were meant to look, come on, you're not meant to just go out in life and survive and just do the bare minimum. You are literally meant to thrive in everything you do. So what I'm saying to you is that I want you to thrive. And as you move from the space of the now into the the area of the promise, remember that this process is not meant to kill you or take you out. It's meant to make you better, make you stronger and build the character that you're going to need to impact somebody else's life. Until next time, love you all. Peace.